0: Welcome to Africa, Karifu. As this podcast started, one of the topics that I was very much interested in understanding is the issue of African identity. Today, as a lot of Africans, our identity and our history is being given to us from the Western perspective. For example, when we learned African history in school, it starts from when the colonizers arrived. As a Cameroonian, I learned about a um, Hano, the explorer, and a bunch of British guys who showed up on the coast, and the fact that my country was named Cameroon, the Portuguese word from for prawns, and all whatnot. And this has been the narrative within which I grew up to understand my own culture. But today on the podcast, we have with us Derek of Fordingwa, who is a teacher of Igbo cosmology, spirituality, and culture. He hosts, uh, he hosts a youtube channel the medicine shell and i encourage you guys after this to go listen to some of what he has on there and uh today we're just going to have a discussion really centered around african identity especially from this aspect of Igbo spirituality and cosmology so derek welcome to africa Carifu. hey thank you for having me lucian yeah so how are you doing how uh, is life in this uh pandemic era
1: <laughs> uh we're doing all right you know um it's been, uh, like everybody, it's been a lot of confusion and adjusting, but I think that whatever this new normal is, it's kind of set into my bones. So this is, from from here on, I, I have a hard time going back to how things were as far as all the commuting for work and things like that. So it's been exactly.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I feel you on that one because when I first moved to Houston, I used to live in spring and I go to school in downtown. Oh, God. So sometimes I would drive one hour and, I mean, even though I subsequently move out of spring because of that commute and moved closer to downtown, I now like waking up in the morning and in five minutes, I'm already ready for work. Just turn the computer on. Exactly, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but thank you for joining us today. Today, we want to talk about... Um, you know, African identity, especially from this aspect of our cultural heritage, and so maybe just to start, you can help us with some simple definition uh, to those that might not be familiar. What is this aspect? What is cosmology, okay. and really, what is Igbo cosmology?
1: Absolutely. So, cosmology is um, it's it's a vast subject, right? But more or less, the best way to sum it up is to say. Um, a people or an understanding of the universe, or ex- understanding of how things are. So, in this aspect, I specifically focus on the uh, cosmology of my own people, the Igbo people um, of uh, southeastern Nigeria. And in that, um, in that, you know, you're able to then uncover a lot of different things um, as far as um, explaining the uh, underbelly of culture. In the Igbo language, we have two words. One is Odinani, and Omenala. So Odinani is what I teach on the channel, which is the word translates to as it is on the land. That is cosmology, more or less, or the observed science of thing, how things are. Omenala is now put on top of that, and that is how it is done on the land. So based on Odinani, or how it is done on the land, Omenala has decided how it is done. So um, the science of reality or the understanding of reality of the cosmos determines things like culture, behavior, so on and so forth. Yes.
0: Thank you for that. And that is very interesting. And to me, I had a question when I actually started listening to your YouTube channel. It was the fact that growing up in Africa, a lot of uh, my idea, really, my knowledge um, really came from the history classes, and that was one that started in, I don't know, in the 1800s and how the explorers landed and all whatnot. So my question is, how do you, in studying Igbo cosmology, how far back can you go to find records about this? Because I will understand that a lot of us as Africans, we grew up in a culture of oral history, so things are passed down and sometimes not necessarily written. So if I want to go now to start to study, because this is what I find really interesting, to start to understand really how things have been done or how things are, you know, how do I, where do I find
1: such materials and how do I go back to get really into my culture? Absolutely. Um, There are different layers by which a person can research, right? So as somebody who is Western educated, um, like yourself or myself and so forth, the most immediate thing you think is, all right, let me go read something. You know, let me go mm-hmm. find out what has been written and you'll find that. Right. Um, so there are two types of writings that I obviously go to. There's the firsthand documents from a lot of the uh, colonists and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's the writings by people who are of the culture and they are, um, um, Experts, or they understand certain aspects of it, right? Uh, These are a lot of the uh, like um, spiritualists or uh, cultural experts in my culture. We have uh, a title system. So a lot of the titled men are also wise men in the culture, and they're the ones who retain a lot of the information and so forth. And some of them write books, or a lot of them write books and articles and so forth, sharing what they know, right? That's one layer. But then you have to remember that all people, excuse me. All people, um, no matter the culture, there's a need as far as survival goes to record history. So a lot of times we think that oral history is the recording of history in the African context. And sometimes it is, but most of the time that's not actually where it's at. Our people um, throughout the coast of, I'll say the coast of West Africa, into Cameroon and so forth, there are exceptions here and there, had a multitude of ways by which we recorded our history. Um, All those masquerades that you see there's a reason why they look the way they look. Everything on them is a symbol. The route that they move is a symbol. Their names are symbols. The things that they say and do are symbols. And if you put these symbols together, you'll now see that it's actually a lot of the times telling a historical or culturally relevant story. Um, another place you could look in, well, let me put it this way, the teaching of, of history and, so, and things like that was infused in the culture. So it wasn't a separate aspect of a culture where, okay, I'm going to go learn history now and so forth. Just about everything you do traditionally has a reason. And if you, if you look at the underbelly of it, the Odinani that I was speaking of earlier, you'll now see that there, the, the, it's all there. It's actually well explained, right? Yeah. Um, one of the examples I, I used in one of my videos is that we have a masquerade where I'm from. Um, I'm from a community called Awomama right? And we have a masquerade yeah. called Okorosha. Now, a good friend of mine, uh, Onya Mobi, he's not even from there, but he was the one that pointed out to me that it is a water, it is marine related, right? Mm-hmm. I did not know this, but then I went back and looked at the masquerade and I saw that it had a bunch of gourds, like water gourds on his chest. I said, yeah. oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, I was talking to my mother about this uh, masquerade and he said that, she said that, yeah, we loved watching it when we were kids, so on and so forth. Um, whenever they would leave, they would go to the Urie market, now the Oria, anything Oria, the word Oria is associated with water. So again, that yeah. connected that same thing to me. Like, oh, my friend had said this as well. Oria yeah. is connected to water, right? And when yeah. um, when they're leaving town or when the masquerade's over, they all gather at the Oria market, and the children will saying, uh, "Isu alala, Isu or "Isu is going home." Now, Isu is a part or another community. It's actually where my wife is from. It's another mm-hmm. community in Igbo land um, across the river from, our pe- um, from where my people are from. So when you put all these things together, now, even the name Okoroshia or Okoroshi in some dialects, it means uh, the man of the source or the man, um, the, the man from the origin, more or less. She is like where it came from, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And Okoro is man. So if you put those th- all of those things together, it, it would be pretty hard for me to say that this isn't a story about how my people came from Isu through the river if you can yeah. connect all those things and then you take that you can go to you can go to different um um, I don't know, you know, they have different names for them in different cultures, but in my culture, we call them dibias So a is yeah. a, a spiritualist, a lot of them record the history, you go con- you ask them, they can confirm these things for you. You can go ask, we have N'Zes as well. They're also people who record and keep, or keep history. They can confirm these things for you too. So when I went to the authorities with, with that gathering, they were like, yes, that's absolutely what it means. And they gave me more details and so forth. So things like that, if you look at things like that, you'll actually see that African history before colonialism is better recorded than people give it credit for um and you can probably go back at least three to four hundred years before colonialism if you're able to read the signs and symbols and 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 find out where each culture stores its storytelling
0: so yes yeah. yeah i find this very interesting especially when you talk about the aspect of name because for somebody like myself when you call me by my native name personally, there is a sense of pride in it because then I know that I come or I am not standing or I've come from a lineage of a lot of, you know, noble people and it's incumbent on me to be able to continue to reflect that. I get that part. And I like that, you know, even as we, you know, as with some of the examples you've given. But what we see in our continent right now is the fact that we have a lot of Western influence that has come in. So for example, A lot of us grew up in big cities, and so we did not spend a lot of time in, you know, in the countryside where you likely get a lot of exposure and understanding of really the culture. So, why do you think that's the, you know, do you think that that was um, a framing of the, the the explorers that came to be able to separate us from our history? Because You know, like now, a lot of us grew up Africans, not even speaking our own language, not even understanding what it means. And then, you know, you did mention the fact that, oh, we can go sometimes, once we put this picture together, we can go talk to a DBA to be able to help us interpret some of this. But, you know, the Western narrative and how the Western culture has infiltrated into Africa, it's made of... Some of us are scared of going to this DBS. We're afraid that, right, oh, right. you know, they're going to say that we are, you know, practicing <laughs> witchcraft and all oh, whatnot. So how do we reconcile that? Where in the sense could the colonizers have created this barrier that has separated us from our own history and understanding who we really are?
1: I understand, yeah. Um, I, there's a there's a uh, there's an um, Let me say an American proverb that says, <laughs> that says scared money don't make money. Right. That's so yeah. the absolute first thing is that if you are afraid to know yourself, if you are mm-hmm. afraid of your history and the people you come from, then that is your fate. That, that, yeah, you, you have disconnected yourself from something that is essential to you as a person. Um, if you, if that helps you function better, fine. Um, but just know that that is the fate. So somebody can't want to know their history and then be afraid of going to where the history is recorded, or they don't yeah. can't want to learn their culture and be afraid of where the culture is recorded. Like, imagine now I'm growing up in America, um, which I did. Um, I'm growing up in America and some, I don't know, someone from China comes and tells me that if I, the the devil's in the library, if I go to the library, it's the devil. And if, yeah. like, if you go to school, you know you, you, you that, that's the devil too. And I go, okay, well, I won't go to school, and I won't go to a library. I yeah, exactly. don't open a book either, you know. So if you cut somebody, I mean, you you can look at where the design is is right. If a group of yeah. people come and tell you all the places where your information and your connection and your power is stored is evil, you, you I mean, you obviously know what what the intention um, they're coming with is. But if we reach 2021 and I'm still holding on to these ideas, then I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. it, it's my own fault. Right. And so That's and I know true. it's tough to break programming. It's easier said than done. And I was fortunate. I didn't really like my parents were let me put it this way i grew up between the united states and rural nigeria i I never grew up in a city i didn't i even grew up in rural america i didn't even grow up in a city in america um until i moved to lincoln later on in life um which if you count that as a city we we both know what lincoln is so (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so um i was lucky to have experienced a lot of these things firsthand and yeah. so, when somebody says, "Oh, you go to Adibia, that's the devil. I know i haven't I had a grand uncle who was firmly in his beliefs, and he was a celebrated member of our family and there was no issue i I told a story in my um one of my videos where um, he and his wife, I forgot to include his wife because she was an essential part of the story. Um, in fact, she was the main orchestrator of the whole thing. Uh, my brother had broken his leg uh, he was when he was a baby in the U.S. Uh, so we went We went to the doctor, went to multiple hospitals. Um, one hospital we had gone to had wrapped gauze around us. I'm giving you exclusives because I didn't tell this part of the story in the video. Um, oh, one, one of them had wrapped gauze around his leg. Right, yeah. um, to straighten his leg because he had broke it falling off a high seat. Um, yeah. Well, his leg started turning like a deep purple, and my mom, no exaggeration, with her hands and teeth had to tear the, th- the leg out, or else his leg would have. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but it took. According to her, it, her it looks like his leg would have burst. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, had this botched medical situation. Now my parents are immigrants; they don't know their legal rights, things like that. So they just let that slide, or they didn't know at the yeah. time. So they let that slide. While we moved back to Nigeria, every doctor we had been to had said that my brother was um, never going to walk, right? He was, oh, wow. was not going to happen. So we went there. Um, my, my mom had gone to multiple churches when we were home. And my uncle, who was... Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say he's a Debia, but he was very wise or n- very knowledgeable about our traditional medicines, right? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and um he moral he did not officially have the title Debia, but he can do everything that a Debia is supposed to be able to do. It would be like yeah. if you have somebody in your family who can just like casually do heart surgery, but he never got yeah. you know, he never got a <laughs> yeah, a doctorate or whatever it was for, you know. And yeah. so he um he goes up to my mom and he goes, Hey, when you're done wasting your time bring that boy to me so you know my mom was a christian um Mm -hmm. but she so she was hesitant to go she was scared you understand um once he got over that fear he buried his leg underground they did a ceremony and they did um they they did what's called Afa, which is a divination Mm -hmm. system they found out that the person he was reincarnated from had, um, a, an unsettled issue with a woman in the community. Um, he was very yeah. angry at her for something. Um, and the woman came and apologized to him and, um, the my brother, uh, you know, and he's like a two year old baby, baby. He doesn't know what's going on. And so, and his leg is buried multiple days, things like that. Um, yeah. within a week of releasing him from the ground, he's walking. And in fact, he's running at his first steps. He got up and started running towards a, a bowl of rice yeah. and, and, um, you know, that wouldn't have been possible if my mom didn't get over that fear and it's yeah. like what is it that you're afraid of this person can heal bones and you think that's the devil <laughs> or no insult this is not like an insult or a slight on my mom or anything like that but if you if you examine a lot of these these things that we are or people are afraid of it uh-huh. it's it's laughable once you look at it for what it is and you understand what it is you know somebody can heal uh, the the, the uh, uh, there's a uh, Ta- like a, a medicine that allows women who don't produce breast milk to produce breast milk, that I'm uh, yeah. aware of. Uh, and there was somebody in my family, not my family, sorry, a, a uh, family friend who was uh, who wanted to breastfeed, but she wasn't able to do it. You know, and uh-huh. I had recommended this. I said, you know, the cure it, it works. You know, and you know she was afraid to use it because of her beliefs. And it's like, all right, well, yeah. just enjoy your formula. You know. <laughs> so it's it's whatever. <laughs> it, it, again, if you if you're it, there are benefits, there are massive benefits to this body of knowledge and what our ancestors left for us. And if you're afraid to take a look at it um, in twenty in twenty twenty one, it's your loss. You know. I'm yeah,
0: I, I get that, and you know, a part of me accepts that because my own great grandfather was one of these big, you know, herbal and traditional healer back in the day and this was something that got passed on even to my grandmother and you know my mom as well where they can you know with just you know some certain type of traditional you know either be it grass or concoctions or what have you not and all you know can heal people of some diseases that they've gone to hospitals and it's just been impossible for them to be treated so I understand that part and you know that to me Maybe it's because I grew up seeing that happen. So I'm not really afraid of, you know, maybe trying traditional African medicines that have not been tested in labs. But do you think that if some of these aspects of our culture were, say, taught in schools, if they were, um, maybe brought front and center in, in our educational system, there will be an acceptance of it a lot more easily and people are not going to have this fear?
1: Yeah. I think that's a really, um, yeah, that makes sense. And as an idea, that's a great idea. I think that is something that will likely, I'm very optimistic about situations in Africa. Um, no, yeah. so I think that is something that will probably be happening in the future as people become more educated. What mm-hmm. I find is that the more aware and educated people are, the more comfortable they are with their own culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's something that always happens with Nigerians, anybody who's listening and maybe other africans as well um but it, 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 uh, i'm sure people can can you know s- confirm this as well you know they always come here they always come to america and mm-hmm. they're you know when you're in nigeria the last thing you want to be associated with is your own culture you know exactly and, and then you come to america and then all of a sudden that is the only thing you want to be associated with because yeah. you now have acts and i used to wonder what that was but what it is is you have access to information and perspective, right? Yeah. So America kind of brings the entire world together. And at the same time, you have the ability to look at the whole and see things from a bird's eye view to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. And you go somewhere, you see someone, they're speaking Arabic, you go to another place, they're speaking Chinese, you go whatever, and then you come home, you're speaking English to your kid, you start thinking, wait, what am I doing? Right. Whereas yeah. in Africa, you know, it, you're doing that, everybody's doing it with you. So that's life. Um, You know, I have a good family friend who just came here and I, we were, you know, we we're just telling him just normal stuff about like evolution. You know, he absolutely yeah. would not allow this to enter his head. Um, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know, he would not let this. <laughs> and then, you know, two, three years later, this, he's like, um, I mean, He's like, he's actually become like a staunch atheist, agnostic maybe, but I would even say atheist and he's very into like his culture and he now is considering naming his kids African names. And yeah. You know, prior to that, you know, you couldn't pay him to do that. So I think that the issue is you often have to leave Africa to now have access to information or to now have access to the rest of the world. But I... Yeah. I'm noticing, and I'm sure you're seeing this as well in your country, when with the internet, people are now reaching this level of awareness without having to leave, right? Mm -hmm. So there are people now in Africa that are young who otherwise would not have had access to a lot of these different things who who are now changing their thinking and they're not... Before it used to be, if you posted something traditional like 20 years ago, 15 years ago online, everybody would start coming and praying against you in your
0: conflict, <laughs>
1: like <laughs> i bind you in the blood of jesus i bind you now i've noticed what happens is somebody will post something traditional one person will come and say something, and then like 30 people will insult that person you know like who brought yeah. me that. that type of thing you know this, you yeah know, so, so again i think that what's nice about the internet is that we're now we now have that bird's eye view, access to information that Americans have had the privilege of having and maybe other European countries too for years. And I think that in the future, this will happen in Africa. But I would love, I think, a personal life mission of mine is to speed up that process and make sure that people don't need to leave the continent before they become aware of how how things are on a, a, a grander scale and how a lot of what they believe is programming from somebody who is trying to steal their money, right? And so, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's true.
0: The, that perspective, even for me, it was coming to America that I was able to now get a different perspective of Africa. And right. I think that it's sad that living in the continent itself, our own educational systems, yes. we have been so brainwashed into not believing anything good really can come out of africa i mean in, in essence that's really what it is yeah is that we don't have the labs we don't have x y z and that, maybe that's why even we as africans don't invest as much in scientific research because it's that, yeah. you know it it has to come from the western world yes. and this western narrative then we're going to accept it
1: absolutely yeah no and here's the thing you know you're obviously a very bright you know guy and i, I don't need to tell you that and things like that so the way you realize that, you know, even with your intelligence, it required you leaving Africa to now see, hold on, this is not what I thought wasn't correct. Maybe this is actually how it is. Um, That is, is, is there somebody who is like you, who now doesn't have to leave for that to happen. And yeah. what we can hope for, or we can anticipate is those people now starting to take power and take positions of influence, you know, throughout the continent, we have this issue of old men. <laughs> refusing to step out of power exactly. and, it and it's it's their level of understanding is so far behind the young people that they're that they they rule over that yeah it's like they're from two different worlds right uh-huh. i remember you know uh, my dad's in politics and i remember trying to convince them in i think 2010 or 2012 that the internet is important right <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> That <laughs> the internet is important for politics, and you know, they, yeah. more or less, the idea was okay, you're just talking about America, this is Nigeria, you know. And what happened was the other party, the other party, um, that maybe somebody spoke to the right person or whatever, but they did use the internet in a very strong way, and they won. You know, and so now all of them just rushed straight to Facebook. They started, you know, now it's, they're, they're all on it, you know, but I remember that exact election. I was telling them, Hey, you guys, there's absolutely like, I can't find a website for your party. I can't, you're, you're the biggest party in Africa. You got no website. You got no uh, Facebook page, nothing. You're not, I have not seen one tweet about you and the other guys are going all out on the internet. So like I said, there's this big gulf between people who have had this access, this information, and people who came fresh off the colonial experience. I'm optimistic that we're going to start seeing a lot of these things integrated into the education system and so forth. Um, Seeing that happen is a big reason I made this channel. Um, But if not by force, it's a matter of time. Yeah, and that's true. Hopefully, uh, time
0: is going to help us as a continent to have these things to be taught, at least for information purposes, yeah. if not for anything, whether one believes in it or not, or believes one way or another, I think it, at best it is good that the information goes out there. So you're obviously very passionate about understanding, you know, culture, how things are and all whatnot. not. And I listened to your YouTube channel and there was this one um, video of, episode that you posted that you know maybe we should talk about and it was one way you talked about you know your ancestor okay and so maybe because we have you here you can just give us a recap of you know who your ancestors are and you know night us some of that experience because you you did go into the fact that you had a dream and in that dream you saw I think your great-grandfather I think five generations away or something yes, like yes, that
1: yeah
0: and you were able to instantly have this connection, you know? So, you know, how, you know, how, how was all of this possible? Like, you know, how did you know in you that this was really an ancestor of yours?
1: Yeah, so like I said, you know, I grew up, um, when I was young, we went back to um, the village. Uh, We call it village, but like Nigeria is so dense that every village is a town, especially in the area I'm from. So it's a small town. So um, it, it, uh, we went back to the village uh, when I was a kid and lived there for a couple of years. And so I was lucky to have that experience. And it was a matter completely a matter of luck and, and, and fortune. Uh, it wasn't uh, uh uh by design. But we went there anyways and we stayed there for quite a while. And I was I had the privilege of getting to know my family pretty well, my extended family, um, as we call it in this country. And uh, being familiar with, uh, my, uh, personal family history. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I got older, I learned more. Um, uh, I was told more, you know, I, I, living there as a child gave me a frame of reference to ask questions. So a lot of times people will say, oh, my parents didn't teach me X, Y, Z, but the actual issues that you didn't ask, but then it's not also not your fault because you don't have the framework. Like, where do you begin? right? Mm-hmm. So I knew yeah. where to begin. I knew I had an ancestor who did X, Y, Z, so I can now ask for more details and so forth. So um, this particular ancestor, his name is Amenaha. He lived, I traced it my own self, and I want to say it was in the in late 1800s. Um, this ancestor was a warlord. So he had gone to war with a neighboring community, and he had, uh, and when I look at the map, I this is my own guesstimation from me looking at google earth so uh he had ex- he had grown extended the village by at least 30 to 40 percent right mm-hmm. um and just from the war he had with them and then there was another um he, immediately after that he now goes to war with another um individual or leader in the area who was um, kind of kind of encroaching on his territory and so forth, and the he is also the ancestor who ended up meeting the British uh, when they yeah. came there, um, and so he was known for being able to fight and being a warlord and so forth. And so when the British came, they would go to whomever had the most authority at the time, um, and and try to strike a deal with that individual. You know, a lot of people think that colonialism was like. The westerners shooting their way through, but it was really just a series of agreements and deals and uh, what we now call foreign investment, right? Yeah, and if we tell a ver- if we tell an honest story about how colonialism happened, we would it would be very clear to see it coming when it comes again and so forth. But that's I, I, that's beyond the question. Um, so this particular ancestor, you know, of course this is hundreds of years ago, passes away. Um, and as my grandpa's passing away, I went back to visit him. We knew he was going any minute now, um, or any day from then. And so I went back to visit him and as he's passing, I then have this dream that this particular ancestor, the one from back then, um, is waiting to speak to me, you know, and Mm I go, I, I talk about it in the video. Like you said, I went there and you know, I cannot tell you why I knew that was him. I cannot tell you where that face came from. I couldn't tell you anything, but sometimes when you're in a dream you experience things and you just know there's an there's an underlying knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. we, in in Igbo cosmology we We speak of dreams as belonging to Ugon. Agon is your 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 subconscious or your deeper mind, the mind that is connected to all things. So the yeah. way that Agon that part of your mind knows things that you don't need to know that you don't know on a conscious level, but you feel it, right? Yeah. So I knew that was him. I couldn't tell you exactly. there's no pictures of him. there's no drawing. I know about multiple ancestors. It could have been any of. It's not just that this is the only one I knew. I knew about I know about eight um uh, on my father's side you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I just met him. I knew that was him. I knew that it was some type of confirmation or I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly. I don't have a word to describe. I, I guess my vocabulary is limited in that, that, that extent, a word yeah. to describe what he was communicating to me just by looking at me. Uh, but it was some sort of like, all right, you're 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 in now like an like a confirmation or an approval or yeah. something but he if you would have seen his face like he looked like he looked scary like it it wasn't an inviting look you know and yeah. Yeah, that type of thing and then i just woke up and i woke up and from there i just started feeling different as a person i i i i, I made the decision to when i go home i'm going to propose to my girlfriend things like that and just yeah you know and da, here i am you know i, I feel that 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 event kind of you know, was a domino in and bringing me to where I'm at right now and where where I I see myself going. So,
0: yeah. So that's actually uh, very very interesting and important to say. I mean, I think that people have to go listen to your videos to be able to get some of the connection because this is going to lead me to my next question. Okay, is that that event sort of created this domino for you? Yeah. And in one of your earlier videos, you narrated this experience even about you know, I guess your your wife conceiving of your son be him being representative of you know someone else that has just passed away and you know your son i think is your grandfather and in the mannerisms and likeness of your grandfather has you know he's taking you know some of those traits
1: yeah absolutely yeah so um in most um african cultures uh my own in this case uh there is an understanding of reincarnation right yeah And and so Um, my grandfather passed my, my, I went to, um, Nigeria to see my grandpa. They, I like emptied my savings. I didn't, um, they didn't think he was going to last much longer. The doctor said he's got probably about the end, till the end of the month. Um, and you know, it took me about a month and a half to, you know, get everything ready and go there from hearing that. And, you know, he, they, they, what they said was that, you know, when people are passing, they have a way of waiting they can wait for you if you, if they need to. And so he waited, I arrived um, and he kept saying, yeah, I knew he was coming. I mean, people didn't tell him I was coming because they didn't want to say, oh, he's coming. And then I don't. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't sure. So he kept telling everybody that he knew I was coming and this and this and that. And I was coming from London. I don't know why he kept saying London, but you know, he was, you know, he's like probably like 90, maybe 89, 88. So kind of out there and things like that. So I uh, got to spend some time with him, hung out, you know, he was very, still very sharp and everything like that. So when he passed, um, what happens is when the mourning period is over, um, you and somebody has a child, you can now do afa, which I had mentioned earlier, which is divination and mm-hmm. find out. Um, if the person reincarnated in the new child. So what happened was, you know, we had my son, everybody knew it was going to be my grandfather just because of the experience of, you know, me going back and spending a lot of time with him and so forth. Um, but, um, he, uh. He, my, my dad went to Umaka, which now I'm from my mama. He goes to a community called Umaka, which they don't know him. They don't know me. They don't know our story, anything like that. He goes yeah. to a diviner and, and, the, and the guy go just out of nowhere. Are you, you know, he says my dad's uh, uh, chieftaincy name. And my dad laughs and says, yes, that's me. He's like, okay, I know why you're here, but I don't do divination on this day. This is our market day because every community has a day, like a Sabbath day where they don't do anything. So he goes, come back the next day, but um, I want you to know that your father's returned. And so he comes back, they do the divination, and then he confirms that the son I just had is my grandfather, right? He has returned Mm -hmm. my grandfather, right? And so, and you know, like I said in the video, it's, it's eerie, but they behave very similarly. My grandfather would, every morning he'd wake up, he'd drink his tea with bread. He would read an entire newspaper and then he would begin his day. My son, the exact same thing. He wakes up. I mean, one day I'm going to film it, but (laughs) he wakes up, he starts asking for tea he gets his tea. Now, when we say tea, and I'm, I don't know if it's the same in Cameroon. When we see tea in Nigeria, it's it's a oval team. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he yeah. gets his tea. Um, he gets his tea. He 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 wants you to read to him. He before he goes to bed, he wants you to read at least six books to him, right? And yeah. in that, and from there, he was able to start reading at like. At one going on to two right now he can he's fully literate he can read anything and he's uh-huh. gonna be three in the next few days you know um and so just the same thing this passion for reading this kind of like uh, uh prideful stubbornness i don't know how to explain it like he not yeah. he won't use his like potty because he doesn't want people to see him naked that kind of thing. my grandpa was very <laughs> much you know what i mean just very much like that you know and just yeah. there's a lot of correlations between the two of them. But now when we go home, people are going to refer to my son by his, by my grandfather's name and treat yeah. him like my grandfather and things like that. So it's a cool tradition to have. Yeah. So how did you feel about that
0: when you found out that you were having a son and, you know, in a sense
1: that I guess this is your, you know, your grandfather. I mean, how did you feel about that? You know, when my grandfather passed, there was a feeling of a, of a changing of the guard, you know? So my father became the leader of the family. And, um, again, this was around the time that I started, you know, kind of waking up in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I went and proposed to my uh, girlfriend at the time. And, um, for some reason I knew that my grandfather was going to come back, uh, through, through me or through my wife and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so yeah, the feeling was, it's, it, 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 it's a, it's a holistic feeling. It, it helps things come full circle. It helps you understand life on a, a different level. Um, you know, when my grandfather passed, it wasn't really a matter of sadness or anything like that. Like people were celebrating because he lived such a good life. You know, like yeah. he lived a great life, he lived a long life, had a lot of children, he was very successful, um, that type of thing. And then so my, my son coming back, and that was also celebrated, or my son being born was also celebrated in the same regard because of the way he lived his life. Um, yeah. And so forth. So, one thing that it, 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 um the, in Igbo cosmology, you know, we believe that, you know, I say this all the time in my videos that a person is made up of four essences. There's your chi, mm-hmm. your eke, your agon, and your mu. Now, I can explain each one, but the one, the part of you that reincarnates is agon right? So your algorithm is a part of you that has a mission in the world that you come back, is the part of you that has a reason. It's also the part that, that mind that we were speaking about before. So your inner yeah. subconscious knows the meaning to your life or the reason why you're here. Um, your foremind yeah. doesn't know that, right? But your, your subconscious will gear who the person you are for that mission. Right. And so I know that whatever my son's purpose or mission in life is going to parallel my grandfather's because they, they share the same, right. Yeah. And in that parallel, and then you now start seeing those mannerisms, the reading. Um, my grandfather said that he was educated for two years and then the British, the British people that were teaching him left. Um, mm-hmm. and that was no, no, then, and let me correct that. I apologize. He was educated for two years. The British left, and before he can be put into a uh, another school, his father died. Um, yeah, his father reincarnated as my father, right? right? Um, And that type of thing. So um I know, or I feel that somehow education, because that was something he held really dearly. You know, before he passed, he was explaining to us how China and Taiwan don't get along. This is somebody with a second grade education, you know, downing a newspaper every day. And like, you've seen African newspapers. It's not like dumbed down for the average person. (laughs) They they, they throw the entire dictionary at you (laughs) because they want to show you how much French or English they can speak, you know, So, you know, it it didn't phase him. So I know that whatever the mission is going to parallel and, I'm going to make sure that my son knows my grandfather's story, so that it's easier for him. I'm not going to tell him this is who you're supposed to be, that type of thing. But it's going to be easier for him to find himself in knowing that how he lived in the previous life, um, yeah, and, that and so forth. So yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, thank you for sharing that. And you know, it, it pivots to one point that I guess you stress in in your video where you talked about the fact that. We don't worship our ancestors, right? Right. So, how do we, you know, because there are lots of skeptics, you know, you know, the skeptics out there about Absolutely. you know this whole idea of African cosmology. More or less, talking now, we're going now, Igbo cosmology, maybe there, and also maybe other cosmology and this aspect yeah. of ancestors, you know, them. You just talked about, you know, your ancestors, you know, having this connection, it created this ripple effect, your son being born and all, whatnot. not. So, how? do you explain to people that we are actually not worshipping these ancestors?
1: Right. Um, The thing is, and I mean, the more you understand the cosmological systems in Africa, the more you realize that we're probably the least superstitious people on on earth. And that sounds very weird based on how Africa is right now, but it's the absolute truth. We are probably the absolute least superstitious because every single thing that's being spoken of can be accounted for in reality, right? (laughs) And as fantastical as sometimes it may sound. If you really think about what's being said, it's it's not anything amazing, right? If I, I come to the United States of America, now we're talking about ancestor this, ancestor that. Uh, we're talking about we let's let's just talk about the US. You go to the US, every town has a statue of the people that they want to venerate. Every town has a museum of the people to mm-hmm. venerate. I can go to South Dakota and they literally carved George Washington um, and so forth's faces into mountains, right? You go yeah. to every single culture in the world. This is, this is completely normal. This is, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's the other half of your humanity, right? Yeah. It's the other half of your humanity. So if you are able to somehow convince yourself that having ancestors is a choice, <laughs> you know, is that you, maybe you came out of like, I don't know, a tree or something and yeah. you know, having ancestors is a choice. That's up to you. But then you look at the consequences, right? In this yeah. country, in the United States, whenever people make plans, be they businesses, be they um, government and so forth, 10 year plan, 20 year plan, 100 year plan, or you back I mean, you in the, in America, it's very rare to find a, a something that, that goes to a hundred years. Cause it's like a two, 300 year old country. Right. Yeah. So it's very hard to find a hundred, but it it, if you understand that you have you are a continuation of a chain from the beginning of time, you Mm -hmm. can now make plans for that chain. Right. The way I make plans, like okay, I know that if I reach this age and I don't own a house, I'm going to be pretty depressed. So I'm going to start working now to buy a home so that when I reach that point, I'll have that home. Right. Yeah. If you're able to think. Okay, I know by now if I don't at least start exploring space in the next hundred years, I'm going to be very far behind from everybody else. So I better now, I'm going to start now and then by a hundred years I'll be there, right? Now it's not you that's going to experience that hundred year space travel. It's not you, it's your descendants. And when your descendants get there, they'll say that our ancestors, they'll put it in different words, but it's their ancestors that got them there. You understand? right yeah. so now shrink that back down into a person who doesn't believe they have ancestor or like who thinks that this is like something that's just not normal human thoughts, right yeah. how do you expect that person let's say that person becomes a governor or becomes a president why would that person build a road <laughs> you know yeah. why yeah. would he do that you understand yeah. if this yeah. person has detached himself from what existed before him or or somehow thinks it's not a good thing, then that person can only think about maybe say their own children. He's not even going to think about his children's 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 children. He's going to think about his kids and himself because that's what he can see. You understand? He doesn't see himself as the continuation of a line, of a Hmm. line, right? So people, yeah. you know, and I always say this, you know, people always talk about, um, you know, like, you know, law of Christians and so forth. Um, they reject the idea of like, I guess, I don't know, having ancestors I don't even know how to phrase it in a way that makes sense, but they reject the idea of having ancestors, but they sure as hell will line up when it's time to inherit land. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll, they'll line up when it's time to inherit land, you know, yeah. when it's time to, to they'll walk around and, and tell you their last name as a point of pride, you know, yeah. that type of thing. They'll say, oh, this is our language and this and this and that, you know, mm. but they have this adverse relationship with their ancestors, right? Your yeah. ancestors, the way that like the space travel example your ancestors were doing the same thing. I'm going to, acquit, like my own ancestor that went to war with everybody, I'm going to acquire all this land so that in 200 years, I am in a good position. Now, you may not yeah. say that vocally, but that's what's happening. You understand. That's why people yeah. do things on a, on a, on a grand or a, 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 a an expansive scale when it comes to time. But when you disconnect yourself from that idea, it is impossible to. It is impossible to have the thought of doing something that doesn't, it's not just for your stomach. Because at that yeah. point, you're just left with your hands, your stomach, and your mouth. You know? yeah. And if you understand that, you'll now look at uh, a lot of governments in Africa, a lot of institutions in Africa, and so forth. And all of a sudden, it starts making sense. Right? Yeah. If you go to the more yeah. progressive countries in Africa and speak to their leaders, they are very historically um, minded. Yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody hails Paul Kagame. You know, some people have negative opinions about him, things like that. But Paul Kagame is and he is obsessed with him, Rwandan history. He's obsessed. Yeah. He he infuses in everything he does. And so he's doing things because he sees himself as somebody who has existed for thousands of years and will continue existing for thousands of years. And he knows where he wants his people to be in a hundred years. Like him, yeah. and I mean there's there's of course criticisms, things like that, you know that's that's when the 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 settlers came to America i mean again everybody has their opinion of them or whatever but when they came to America they knew okay if we fight off or if we wipe this continent clean of life for for the, for the next 200 years and so just go for 200 years just attack everything walking our children will inherit an entire continent right yeah. they themselves were not going to inherit it but they had had studied the Romans, and they had studied people well before themselves, and they see themselves a continuation of that line, right? Yeah. So when again, the, this is this is the full scale of your humanity. Your humanity is not just your stomach and 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 like day to day, and then you die, and I don't know, maybe go to heaven, whatever that is. Your your humanity is is vast and it is complex. And a lot of these things are not fantastical or mystical. Oh, ancestor. People think ancestor, they think like a ghost is walking around following you. No. So real live living understanding of yourself as something that has existed throughout time and will continue to exist. And when you have that understanding, you behave and operate differently. So, Yeah. I am... I like the way you I get you introduced this
0: topic of ancestors, because in America, yeah, we are very fond of talking about the founding fathers, Absolutely. Oh, this was not the intent in the constitution. You nope. know, the founding fathers did not intend this, did not intend that, yep. and all whatnot. So I find that interesting that in this culture and in this setting, it is easy to talk about these ancestors as, you know, yeah, we term them founding fathers, mm-hmm. but in... An African context when we call ancestors, people start having crazy ideas that <laughs> run through your head. So, do you think that it is an issue of language, and and maybe yeah. it's an issue of us speaking English because yeah. and getting lost in translation? Yeah. Because-
1: um, I I apologize if I interrupted you, but the 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 question I I, it, I just started laughing when you said it's a matter of us speaking English because you know yeah that's that's. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a big part of it because it's most Africans have the vocabulary of, of, of Shakespeare. Like, I mean, they can tell you any word, they can pull words just out of thin air. You understand? But the, the, once you understand a language at that scale and that level, you now are speaking on an academic level and you actually have to now start doing an etymological understanding of these words, which we don't do. Right. Yeah. So we know this thing means that thing, but we don't know why it means that thing. Right. Okay. And from there, English, French, and so forth have this mystique that we don't understand. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If we look at a word like I'm trying to think of, and you, you see this a lot in science and so forth, but um, um, uh, let's uh, let, okay, macrophage. Right. If we say yeah. that a, a cell, a cell, I, I'm not a, biologist. So I'm probably saying something crazy. But if we say oh a cell is performing macrophage, we now think this is this is a big mysterious word. You understand? Yeah. And and that we don't quote-unquote have an equivalent in our language, but if you look at the word, it is a Greek, I believe, Greek sentence that just says eating something big or big eating. That's all it says. Yeah. And you definitely have a word for big and eating in your language, right? So when you yeah. understand it on that level, the, the, so somebody there's a difference between being able to say these words and then understanding what they mean. And if you understand what they mean, it takes the mystique and out of it, and it gives you power mm-hmm. as far as using that language. You understand? But until then, the language will always have power over you. So if somebody comes and tells you, oh, these in, in our language, in English, these are ancestors, and then they now start telling you that ancestor is an evil thing, right? Yeah. If you don't really think about what's being said, you have no means of combating it because you're borrowing a language. You're always going to be yeah. in the passenger seat of that language. You understand? Yeah. So there's a lot of words like, you know, ancestor that for again i though i grew up in nigeria i didn't completely grow up in nigeria so there's a lot of or africa let me say so there's a lot of like like thinking on the continent that like i can't understand and it's hard for me to speak about in a non-disparaging way but um or in a way that's not condescending let me say but mm-hmm. it's, i don't understand how that word can sound bad to somebody especially if you know it just means your grandfather you know, yeah. <laughs> if you just meet as your great grandfather, you know, we have a lot of churches, you know, back home where like you'll just spend 30 minutes like uh, re- just yelling, I reject my ancestors. I reject just literally, you understand. Um yeah. Again, you know, as we said earlier, it's by design because if you come to American churches, you don't hear that. Yeah, the, word, the, the word ancestor never gets said in an American church. So it yeah. makes me wonder, okay, why, did, why is this emphasized here and not over there? And then, you know, if you know, again, that this is a religion that came to you from somebody who's trying to steal your money, then you now understand, okay, that's why. You understand. You want me to reject everything that I have so that when you come to ask for it, I can give it up easily for nothing. I can I give know. it up easily for what you have you know, the, the, the primary tool of colonialism is going somewhere and convincing somebody that what they have is not valuable and what you have is valuable. And from yeah. there you can do an exchange rate that is beneficial to you and not to them and not just in currency and everything, you know? So, um, yeah, the, it, it, uh, for the amount of English words we know as a continent, like on average, we have to start the business of Developing a, a, a an etymological understanding of some of these words that we use all the time, and once we do that, we now see that what the way we understand these words are often not what they are. They're not as mysterious or strange or grand as they are, and we can then take the driver's seat. I have no issue with somebody speaking English; it's my first language. Um, I would prefer, you know, everybody, you know, use their native languages and things like that. But I have no issue with English. But if we're going to use this much English, we definitely have to start understanding it on a more intimate level um, so that it's not um, overwhelming us or causing confusion in itself. Yeah. So this is actually a good point
0: to maybe for you to talk about if, I mean, the probably someone who's going to listen to this and say well I want to learn more about Igbo cosmology or I want to learn more about African cosmology mm-hmm. I want to get to understand a lot more about my culture and have this information you know besides your YouTube channel where can people go to you know to learn about some of these are there classes around are there conferences
1: around Yeah um so this is the thing and it is it is it is a case by case situation Um, so when, if we said African, you know, of course with Africa, you have to pick a point and zoom out from that point, right? Exactly. And that type of thing, you can't just go into Africa as a whole because I, Even as Africans, I don't think we understand how diverse the continent is, you know? Um, So you have to pick a point and zoom out, right? So some cultures are a lot better documented in a Western way than others. Like it's pretty easy for someone to get information on um, the Yoruba system uh, because it's very popular in the diaspora and a lot of books have been produced as a consequence and things like that. And it's still strong in Nigeria and things like that. Um, if you are African, if you're an African person and you have roots um, to the continent that are easily traced, you have to get over your fear of your own people. You mm-hmm. have to start getting ready. If you want to learn, you, you can go back. You need to ask questions to the right people. Um, you have to be You have to be comfortable learning this thing. I think that a lot of Africans in diaspora, um, the ones that grew up here in particular, they see their culture as their parents' culture. Um, mm-hmm. she's going to get mad at me for telling the story. So I'll exclude her name, but I have a friend who, um, she is, her father's from one community, her mother's from another. And in mm-hmm. our culture, you're from the community your father's from. And yeah. so I asked her where she was from. She said she was from her mother's community because she and her father don't get along. She doesn't like him and things like that. And yeah. I told her that, you know, and she probably thought I was an ass for saying this, but I was like, no, no, no. You're still from your father's place. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. she said, "Well, no, that I I choose to be for my mother's." I was like, "All right, but if you die, they're gonna bury you in your dad's." I don't, (laughs) I didn't say this, but I just kept it to myself. You know, like, yeah, you you understand. And so the way the way land is broken up in my culture is that you're from where your father's from, right? That's that's your land. And anytime you're doing anything cultural, that's where you're going to do it. It's like, that's your country in all, in all reality. That community is your actual country and you're a foreigner everywhere else, including your mother's place. You know, yeah. you're a special foreigner in your mother's place. You're like a dignitary, but you're, yeah. you're still a foreigner in, the, in those different places. And the reason I bring that story up is because in that example, you can kind of see that and this happens a lot with us in diaspora, we see the culture as belonging to our parents and Mm. maybe we're doing, we're trying to connect to it based on our relationship with them. You understand? And that's not true. You are an equal stakeholder in this thing right? If you're, let's say you have immediate roots in Africa, you're an equal stakeholder to your parents. Nobody, they, if you, if you went to your community and your parents as you're an adult, let's say you're an adult, your parents at XYZ, you say XYZ. I mean, it's just two different people with opinions. It's not their community. It's not their culture. So a lot yeah. of us, you know, have the excuse of, Oh, my parents didn't teach me. That's fine. Your parents aren't teachers. You can go to your community. You can go talk to your, your, your relatives, can talk to the people in that community whose authority, whose job is to teach if you're interested in learning. But again, it's, I mean, we kind of start off talking about fear and I'm glad you started off that way. I think the big obstacle is fear. People, for some reason, you're just afraid of your own people. Um, you're literally living in a very, very hostile country to minorities. But for some reason, this is comfortable and, and your own people are scary to talk to somehow. So um, Just getting over that fear of talking to your own people is the best way to learn because, again, you have to start from one point and zoom out. And the best point to start is your own. Now, let's say you don't have roots in the continent and, and you want to learn. Um, in uh, I have a Patreon. Um, on, on my Patreon, I keep my research library open uh, for mm-hmm. any of my patrons. So um, I, I organize all the topics based on you know I organize everything based on topics, and you know we got a bunch of books in there, articles. Everything I use for studying is all packed in there. So if you are interested in learning specifically about Igbo cosmology, um, I think that that's a great resource um, that I've been curating over the years and I add to on a very regular basis. So that's a good place to start. Um, otherwise, there's, you know, you can always search for books. Um, and, um, and then, of course, the absolute best one, which ties to the first one, is going back to the continent and experiencing it yourself yeah okay. thank you
0: very much. um, I enjoyed this conversation. I have learned a lot, and you know i've I also learned a lot watching your videos on YouTube about uh, things that. for me to just think about and I think that this perspective and and this is to the audience as well, whether you believe or whether you chose to believe them or not, I do think that they are very interesting perspective and information that you ought to know as part of your culture because Again, like we've spoken here, in, uh, we've talked about throughout this whole hour here, you don't just come out from a tree, you come from a lineage of people, and I think that you do a disservice to yourself if you don't spend time to get to know your own culture and where you're from and how they can even help inform your own viewpoint and worldview of the world. So thank you very much, Derek, uh, for the conversation. And uh, I hope that folks are going to run to your YouTube channel to get more or join you on you know, your Patreon. So if they
1: are interested in uh, learning more about Evo cosmology. Absolutely. Hey, uh, thank you very much for having me. I uh, appreciate it. This has been a great conversation.